Welcome to another episode of Corgi Town USA, a podcast for pets and their people. We are here for you every Thursday, all things Corgi and pet lifestyle. If you're new here, hi. In my lap is Chuckles, our spokes cord. Hi, I'm Catherine, and uh, I am joined some, yeah, right there, right under my feet. Heaven forbid I should be able to move and get comfortable is my darling Digby. Well, he's got to be everywhere we are. That's right. That's right. That's the joy of having a corgi. You're never alone. You're not never even alone. in the restroom. Right, that's right. <laughs> Especially not. <laughs> well, we're so glad that you're joining us. We are in season four. Yeah. Well into season four now. That's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. We tend to tackle, we've been interesting this season. We've, we've done a lot of uh, spirituality, yeah, a lot of spirituality, um, a lot of uh, legal. We've, we've done the legal, we've done the spirituality, we've done that. Um, and, and I don't want to gloss over the legal, but certainly that, that connection that we have to our, our corgis and our, our pets in general. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then how the rest of the world sees us and that connection. Yeah. And, and how we can basically, you know, tell them to, Go take a hike when they don't, when they don't get it. When they don't get us. When they don't get us. Yeah. They, they, lovely. You you have a different than I have a different, and that's great. Please don't, you know, please don't tell me. But you're not our friend. <laughs> that's it. Well, I feel like we, us corgi and pet people, we tend to flock together. We do. We're birds of the same feather. And as such, we like our corgi swag. We uh, I love my corgi. Yes, I got, we, okay. we're, so we're corgi I got, I got the Corgi Town T-shirt because the the wonderful shirt that I found at um uh at, at Goodwill I can't I couldn't find. Well, you're branded before. today. I'm though. branded today. Yeah, and then I have my my corgi coffee cup and then my corgi water cup. We've got all the swag here. We've got all the swagginess. So as such, we have what we call the Creator Series here on the show, and. We brought on an author today who writes some corgi cozies, and they operate off of a pen name, and I am going to bring that offer, author on <laughs> and let them introduce themselves. Should I do that? Yes. Okay. Hello and welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's so nice to be here. Appreciate oh, it. We enjoy having you. And yeah. We appreciate you yeah. taking the time to join us and hello busy schedule and joining us and telling us about your art and please yeah. give our audience some are watching with us today on youtube and then some are listening on one of our many platforms um please just give us a brief bio tell us about who we are what you do and let's go ahead and lift that curtain all right sounds good um my name is brandon witt but i write the Cozy Corgi series, which is a cozy mystery series under one of my pin names, which is Mildred Abbott. Um, and if you're watching here with me, I've got Win or Winston and Phineas, my two little rescue mutts. Neither oh. of them are corgis, so I apologize. Oh, it's uh, okay. <laughs> we, we love all the pets. We love all those. the pets. Yes, me we do. Too. I've had four corgis, um, but none of them, sadly, are with us at the moment. Um, but 
Um, back to me. Got distracted by the dogs. Um, what we're here for, don't we yeah, all? That is. Uh, that's what my readers are here for with the Cozy Corgi series, too, because it follows uh, Watson, who's a corgi, and he helps his mom solve mysteries and eat lots of treats and that kind of stuff. Um, but a little bit of my history, I was a special ed teacher for about 15 years and have always wanted to be a writer since I was, don't fight right now, uh, I wanted to be a writer since I was a sophomore in high school. So okay. uh, I did a few books under my own name and then some other pen names and kind of fell into the cozy corgi world and have stayed there ever since. It's just been a happy, furry, kind of ridiculous, fun place. So That sounds like my kind of place for sure. And <laughs> yeah. why, why corgis? Um, they were my first. I grew up on a little bit farm town in Missouri. Um, that's not where I am now, but... okay. I, when I was in adult, probably 24, I finally was able to get my first dog. And for some reason, it was between a, a German Shepherd or a Corgi. I have no idea why those two. Um, and I went to a Corgi breeder, um, and they had this older, long-haired Corgi. Um, I guess they showed most of the Corgis, and he didn't fall into the correct criteria. Um, and he was just kind of sad and lonely and I totally fell in love because we all like the underdog and yes. he was a huge fat ball of fluff like he walked around like a like a mop um, <laughs> and I was addicted to corgis for the next 20 some years so soon after him I got Dolan his crazy little brother um, he was Dolan was the only one I got as a pup that wasn't a rescue and then later on got Alistair and Winifred um, who are both the inspiration for the last two are the inspiration for this particular series. I love the names. So, yes. Thanks. Me too. Um, and as far as why, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I had a, I drove a Mini Cooper for a long time and Alistair and Winifred and I were getting out of the car once and this homeless guy came up and kind of looked at us and went, oh, you're all kind of short and wide. The car is <laughs> and I'm like, I, maybe that's it. Maybe well, that's it. Short, wide, and red. So. <laughs> Love they, it. Yeah. And they're stubborn like me. These two aren't quite as stubborn, but the corgi's stubborn. Oh, it's a special kind that's of stubborn. Weird, weird thing. <laughs> so. It is real for sure. Well, yes. It is. Well, we've had other authors on the show, and we've had one or two that write pet cozies. Can yeah. you kind of tell us about in your words, what makes a pet cozy um, and sort of just kind of illuminate to our audience what exactly that is and, you know, kind of how maybe these mysteries have impacted you or how you were inspired to write that kind of literature. Absolutely. Um, it sounds like you have readers that are familiar, but just a quick update or whatever. Uh, a cozy mystery is kind of like Murder, She Wrote or Nancy Drew, um, kind of like for grown-ups. Um, feel good mystery is supposed to make you feel happy and cozy and relaxed at the end of the day. Um, and okay, pups, we do a lot of acrobatics on the show. I'm usually yeah. like twisting and turning and just looking at everyone, making sure they're not eating anything they're not supposed to do, like yeah. a cable or knocking down something. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just AD enough, ADD enough that I'm like ah, focused on them. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I got back into the cozy mystery genre. Um, life has kind of taken some hard turns for a while, and I just really wanted comfort food, basically. Um, and life was 
well, the books offered like cozy and warm and a puzzle that was fun to solve and just a whole host of characters that are charming and silly and kind of felt like family every time, every time you came back to them. And I wanted to go into that world myself as a writer. The, the world I was writing in was great, but it wasn't overly friendly. And mm. I wanted that. Um, yeah. So <laughs> when I started that series, I had Alistair and Winifred. So I gave Watson, who's the dog of the series, Alistair's personality, who was super, super stubborn. Um, well, Watson's a lot braver than Alistair was in the book. Um, very food motivated, like every corgi, and very standoffish. Like he was the epitome of the judgy corgi. <laughs> so that's what Watson is. And then Winifred became Winifred, the human in the book. Uh, she goes oh. back. So they kind of both live on through that series. And Winifred owns a bookshop and a bakery. And Watson is there shedding all over the place. You, of you course. You don't want a corgi in your bakery, but I don't know. That's what we're doing. Uh, so yeah, they, they go around and eat lots of pastries, read books, and solve murders, you know, like you do. Like you do. <laughs> um, Have fun. Yeah, it's been really fun. And and it's I've fallen more and more in love with the cozy mystery genre in, in general. Um, I'm totally good, so this can take a weird turn, but I was dying <laughs> stage four cancer four years ago. Wow. It was just such... That was the only thing I could read. Like it was cozy mysteries that I took to doctors yeah. and scans and all that stuff. And it's been really interesting and fun to have readers email and talk about that very same thing about really using cozies during a time of stress or loss. Um, so for a lot of brain fluff, I think they're really important. Um, and as far as Watson and, and Alistair, they are definitely main characters. I'm not one to make dogs talk but his personality shines just as much as a human's and he helps solve a mystery here and there, but he's definitely more interested in, in treats and avoiding all the strangers that want to pet him. Cause you know, <laughs> I didn't come for the love. I came for the food. That's right. True. <laughs> well, we are glad that you are good. I'm glad to hear that. Yes. And I think what you're speaking to there being, I consider myself an artist. I'm not really artistic, but I'm a musician. And I feel like being a lover of arts, movies, music, television, and um, books, that there is a special place for art, for that kind of art, including literature. And that is, it is very soothing. It kind of makes life worth living, in, especially in the hard times, give you, gives you a little bit of an escape. When, when you have a series of books that, um, that ha has the, have, the similar character have not the similar have the same characters through the book yeah. and you get to know them and th they become friends. Like what, what did they do now? What's, what's going on? What's, what's happening in their life? You know, you get invested. You do get invested. Absolutely. Emotionally invested. Yeah. Yeah. That is my favorite part, both as a reader, like JD Robb isn't, isn't cozy, but she's got that in-depth series with like 50 some books and I'm still just like miss her when I'm not reading her. So, and I feel the same with my, with my characters. We're on book 30 of the Cozy Corgi series. Wow. So like at this point, Winifred and well, Watson was always real to me because he was Alistair, but right. Winifred the human, like I know her better than 
myself almost at this point. So it's it's really fun to be so connected to to people that are in my head and just as real as anybody else in my life. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. And you get them out. They're in your head and you get them out onto paper and right. share them with the rest of us, which yeah. is wonderful. Yeah. Welcome to my crazy mind. It's scary in here. <laughs> we like it. Yeah. We like that kind of crazy. Yes. <laughs> we identify well with that. And your your books, so am I understanding correctly that they are set in Estes Park, Colorado? They are. Yeah. That's one uh, of my favorite places on earth that I've oh, been, by the way. Mm -hmm. Oh, good. Yeah, a lot of readers, when I started the series, thought I was making it up and didn't realize it was a real place. Yes, it is. It is. It's so beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. I grew up in Missouri, like I said, but my dad was in love with Estes Park. So we would drive out there several times a year. And then after high school, we all moved to Estes Park, Colorado. So oh, nice. uh, that's not where I am now either, but it's just such a perfect town. It's like this gorgeous little valley surrounded by a ton of mountains. So kind of got a 1960s vibe um, that they do a pretty good job of holding on to, like the old yes. real dark wood siding and river rock everywhere. And it's it's beautiful and, and very cozy <laughs> in a sense there too. Haven. I mean, literally elk walk down the main street all the time. So it's that kind of place. It's awesome. It is. It's a great town. And if you are viewing or listening and you haven't been, I highly recommend to visit. It's a nice place. And if you were, if you lived in Missouri, that's a long drive. That's like 15 hours, uh, probably 14 hours. Yeah. I don't ever want to drive <laughs> too much cross Kansas back and forth. So, right. No. Yeah. That's the, that's the other part of that. A long drive, but also much of that drive is uninspiring via landscape, to say the least. But what a change. You, you kind of drive through the flat plains and kind of, okay, snooze, sleep if you're not driving. And then, but once you get into Colorado, it's wow, completely different. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's really fun for a cozy mystery series, too, because they do all these weird things like um, a duck race where they so raffle tickets and they put in thousands of rubber duckies in this river and it goes down and whoever gets the first one out wins the prize or they have elk bugling days and just wacky stuff that you're like you're making that up and i'm like no i'm not it's real so, it is yes i know a, i know the duck races are definitely real oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're a fun thing so. i love duck races but i mean that's that sounds fun i want to do a duck race Go up there and do a duck race. Okay. It's probably more fun with real ducks, but. <laughs> well, I think if the duck is being chased by a corgi, whoever <laughs> winning duck there. We oh just went my. to the park over the weekend yeah. and chased ducks. Yeah. Oh, really? that's, that's, that's my backyard almost on a daily basis. I have a, a, a creek, a creek. I have a, um, an agricultural uh, canal behind, uh, behind my home. And so when we walk along there and the ducks are just sitting there and being lovely as they are, someone who shall remain nameless. The Digby. one that's giving me a bath right now. Yeah. Digby <laughs> just goes ballistic with the ducks. He, he took after you with that. He doesn't like birds. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you don't yeah. I didn't say that publicly. <laughs> She's outing me. Yes. <laughs> See, Digby is, yeah, is you say the word and he's you know, <laughs> all crazed. 
Well, for those that are viewing, we are going to share uh, on the banner here. It's www.mildredabbott.com. That is two T's. And you can go there to learn more about the series. Meanwhile, um, we want to hear a little bit more about this. So tell us, so you are not Mildred Abbott, but you are Mildred Abbott. Can you tell us about how you came up with that pen name? Yeah, um, absolutely. And the disclaimer is um, what I'm about to say is probably not true because it's huge stereotyping. So in advance. Um, but I'd noticed as a reader, both in Cozy's genre and just kind of across the board, when I would read a book with a male's name on the cover, I would often have a really great plot, you know, lots of twists and turns, but I frequently kind of missed the relationship between the characters or thought they were too shallow or didn't kind of go deep enough. Um, and when I was reading ones supposedly written by women, it, it was more like that. There was more relationship in there. There was more connection and realness. And I kind of wanted to communicate that with this particular pen name, especially in a cozy genre. Um, and I liked the name Mildred Abbott because it's kind of fun. And I think it's kind of like a corgi kind of name too, like Winifred and Alistair. Um, and with the name Brandon, like you don't get too much retro. It's kind of like 70s and 80s. Mildred's much more fun than Brandon. So uh, that's kind of why I wanted, I wanted to feel like you're diving into this elderly woman's kind of idea of a mystery. But, That's an interesting but, take, kind of yeah. that masculine versus feminine um, styles of writing. Yeah, it's. I'm again. I know that that's not necessarily true, but that's what I've noticed and what I wanted to communicate. And um, I've always been open with all my pen names, um, although some of my readers probably don't follow too much on social media, so they're going to be like, "What?" <laughs> uh, well, the first year. <laughs> first year I was doing it, I got invited to do a book club who had read the first book. And I told the librarian who was reading it, um, definitely point out who Mildred is. And she didn't because she thought it would be funny. So I show up to this book club with the beer <laughs> and everyone's expected Mildred and there. It was hilarious. So everyone was expecting Jessica Fletcher. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I wish that was her. That'd be yeah. I thought about doing like a drag character to be Mildred all the time too, just as like could work. Fun. Mrs. Doubtfire. Absolutely. Who doesn't want Doubtfire writing their story? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mildred Abbott to our show, show. aka Brandon. Excuse <laughs> <laughs> me. So as we're talking about corgis and we love corgi centric things, we also love pet centric things in general here. So can you tell us, it sounds like there's some other breeds that show up. There's some other characters that are, they aren't all Corgi all the time. They're not. There are a lot of, well, Watson's there all the time. He's got two neighbors across the street at the pet shop named Watson and Jetson who are Corgis. And both of them are based off of my Corgi Dolan, who was the one Corgi had who probably didn't have all his brain cells because he was just nuts. Um, <laughs> they are both completely loco, just like he was. But uh, there are three basset hounds that are named off after the T-birds on Greece, and they're pretty fun. They're friends with Watson. Um, Watson does not like the other corgis. They're too much for him. Of course not. Exactly. He's got a little girlfriend poodle named Pearl. Oh. Uh, and there's a new Burmese mountain puppy in town. Ooh. Good so, and then 
Phineas and Winston, who you met, are both there as well, because any pet I have has to be immortalized in a book. So, of course, yeah, we got a whole whole host of dogs and a cat. But you know, let's focus on the dogs. <laughs> well, cat is cat people, so yeah. we give her a hard time all the time because she's a she's a cat person with a with a corgi also. That's right. Uh, yeah, I, it, I, I'm assuming that the cat um, is just has absolutely no interest or desire, not unlike my little <laughs> Naboo, uh, could care less. And why are these corgis breathing the same air as me? Aloof. Why are the rest of these dogs breathing the same air as me? Human, I may or may not take your air away. <laughs> that that would be a cat. I do think that corgis kind of do, at least a lot of mine, had cat personalities. Especially now that I have two dogs that are not corgis, I'm like, oh, this is what a dog dog is. Dog dog. <laughs> I I've heard. totally forgot. My my corgis were very, you know, they got that aloof kind of cat. Like, I want you to hug me, but you better stop when it's time. On my terms. Uh, yes, exactly. very much. On their terms. I only had one that was a cuddler. The other three were like, mm, no. <laughs> they're they're funny that way. They have a they come with a an air of confidence. Yes. And oh. some are clingier than others. I think Digby would uh, probably slice you open, crawl inside you like a tauntaun if he could. If he could, he would. Um, but Mortimer, Mortimer, or Mortimer Barnabas is very, very snuggly. And you can pick him up and, and love him. And he'll just, I call it suffo snuggles because he'll just lay on your face and it doesn't matter if you can breathe or anything, but he just wants to be on you. Um, and then my chuckles here is really content to sit in my lap when we record and do certain things. And he kind of takes his cues because he's our spokes cord, but yeah. it is on his terms. So often he would much rather play ball yes. than do anything else. Or knock, all, knock well, over your uh, notes. Over he's going to pull a cat. He's going to do a cat move. Yes, he is going to do cat. I don't, I don't like this anymore. Pushing it off. <laughs> Indeed. So, getting back to the subject at hand, we're talking about Mildred Abbott's cozy mysteries. You said there, did I hear you right? 30, you said 30 some odd books in the series? The 30th one is coming out this summer. Um, 29 is coming out in a couple days. Um, okay, wow. Start weaving in some other series uh, next year. But I kind of, as long as people are still wanting to read The Cozy Corgi, I kind of picture just continuing it maybe my whole life. We'll see. But I, I love this these characters. They're they're fun. So do the stories come to you just as inspiration? Do you see things in life that you observe and decide to build stories off of that? Or do you have a publisher that gives you materials or do all those things happen? I'd like to learn more about that. That's how it started. Probably the especially the first few in the series like inspiration out of life, or I would see something that would trigger a mystery idea. But at this point, yeah. 30 some books in, well, 30 books in, um, it, it all comes from the characters themselves at this point, because their lives, they have all grown a lot. Um, in those 30 years, it's been four years, I think, in the, in the timeline of the story. And there's been a lot that's happened. There's been a lot of betrayals and deaths and marriages and I might like a soap opera here and there. So it that kind right. of sinks in. So kind of the mysteries at this point, almost all of them revolve around the characters themselves. Um, and I actually don't have a publisher. I used to be with the publisher, not with the Cozy Corgi, um, for several years. 
that was when I was teaching. And all my friends that had left the real world to write, they're like, there we go. Sorry for the interruption. That happens at least once per season where we have zoomies and we lose equipment. I'm glad it happened with me. I'm honored. We are still listening. Please continue. Oh, yeah. Anyway, they were saying try self publishing. So I did. And while I'm 40, almost five, and don't have a retirement, I'm making almost as much as I did as a teacher. So, wow. That's. That's pretty amazing. That's not, that's not much to brag about, but it. But you're fulfilling your dream. That's that's I, the important part of that. Indeed. I have really wonderful readers. I also have um, a lot of lovely readers that have helped me on Patreon, and with any self-published author or small business, there's times that are really good, and then there's times that are really scary. Yes. Um, and those readers have gotten me through when the book sales dropped. They're like, "No, we believe in you." We're going to keep you floating. Uh, and so really, the series is still going thanks to them. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been a labor of love for a lot of people. Just because I'm self-published, I did not do all this on my own. There's a big community of wonderful, wonderful people out there. So, Well, that warms my heart. And I'm, I'm happy for the work you're doing. Yes. And I need to get started on these so that I can uh, learn more. I'm a little embarrassed to admit I haven't, I haven't started them, oh, but I do. No problem. Yeah, I do want to, well, I knew, I knew about them and uh, you have some books that have been on my list for a while and I need to uh, get around to actually sitting down and reading because that's one of the things that I have to focus on. It's really enjoyable when I do it, but you have to carve down the carve carve out that time to do, it. to do it and, and it'll relax you for sure. It'll relax you. Yeah. And not not that you're, you know, stressed in any way, shape, or form or need any sort of relaxation. <laughs> Me? Stressed? Never. Never. <laughs> well, since you're corgi owners and you might read them, I have to give the warning. Uh, they are fiction. I had a couple, the first several books I had readers write in really angry because Watson gets to eat pretty much anything he wants. That's not fiction. Uh, Digby, <laughs> do that, yeah. Digby eats anything and everything. Now, granted, uh, we were in the emergency room when he ate the rock. Um, and he has had, had surgical removal. Yeah, had yes. yeah had to have that. Um, I, I, actually, with the little they went down through his mouth. I forgot what they call that. Um, so we didn't have to open him up. And he eats absolutely anything and everything. And my he, Zelda was like that too. Yes. Um, fortunately, we we catch him and he doesn't get sick from it except the rock. Uh, but you got it out. But we got it out. Um, and uh, yeah, so. He's not looked, entirely fictitious. It's not entirely fictitious. <laughs> and he likes the weirdest things. He likes asparagus and uh, and uh, carrots and uh, eggs. Egg. So we ha we also have chickens. Um, and uh, sometimes they eat their eggs. So I have just a little bit of egg and a lot of it of shell. And Digby <laughs> likes to eat that. So does Wigan, actually. So my, my other well, dog, she's not a corgi. Shows. So yeah, so just refer your readers over to me. I will give them a list. So hungry, that, yeah. so hungry. Yes, <laughs> I starve him. So that's Courtney <laughs> said that much. They do, they do. But I, I, I'm here to tell you that uh, apparent, uh, not apparently, absolutely, Australian cattle dogs shed more. Wow. Yeah, oh, really? yeah, they definitely shed more. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know there was a dog that shed more than a Courtney. I know. 
It's hard to imagine. I never believe it. Well, we are losing our frame because we have the uh, Mortimer, Barnabas, and Digby um, Zoomy show that's taking over. Gorgia Child USA. Series. <laughs> Series. Yes. But we, uh, and we will let you go and won't take up your entire evening. But we thank you so much for coming and telling us about the work you're doing. Did we put up the website? Yeah, we did put up okay, the website. Cool. We will again. If yeah, you let's... are viewing, it is www.mildredabbott.com. There are also some social media links. We will share those down in the description box, both of our YouTube um, episode here, as well as on our audio platforms. They will be in the description as well. We highly recommend go read You Like Corgi books and enjoy the Mildred Abbott Cozy Mysteries uh, series. And Brandon, thank you so much. We we can't appreciate you enough for coming on and telling us about your art and uh, your craft. Uh, thank you, Candy and Kat and all the herd you have there. I love it. I appreciate it so much. It's been a blast. Thank you. Yes. Thank yes. you. Have thank a wonderful evening. Thanks. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank Bye, you. And since we're all out of frame, thanks to uh, Digby and Mortimer here, and I look like a ghost now with the lighting. Um, we're just going to say thank you so much for joining us. That's one. That's part of the fun that happens sometimes here at Corgi Town USA, that our corgis do take down our equipment. We'll be right back if it happens. And we will see you next week. We're here for you every Thursday, all things corgi and pet lifestyle, traveling with your pet, health of the breed, interest pieces. We go all over the place, including here our creator series where we bring you fresh art and art creations that are corgi and pet inspired. And as we're talking yes. about the corgi committee, it's yes. Chuckles, Mortimer, Digby, Hammer, Booger, and Wigan, the honorary corgi. Yes, indeed. And I am Candy. This is Chuckles in my lap. I am Kathy. <laughs> and we will see you next week. Corgi Town USA. <laughs> Bye.